broadcasting worldwide. Refreshing takes on legal strategies. Straightforward answers to difficult tax questions. Independent ideas on building wealth. It's the Refresher Wealth Show with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen. Get your free copy of Mark and Matt's ebooks and sign up for their weekly free newsletter with important tax deadlines and articles at refreshyourwealth.com. Now, here's Mark and Matt. Welcome, everyone, to the Refresh Your Wealth Show with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen. As always, we are excited to be with you today. We're going to be talking about a topic today that's, I think, on everyone's minds, uh, no matter what your age, and we're excited to have you with us. Keep in mind, you can find this show in a lot of different places. There's a lot of ways to listen to previous shows. We're on 15 AM stations nationwide. You can find our prior shows under our podcast history and iTunes under the Refresh Your Wealth Show. And also you can reach us via biztalkradio.com or the BizTalk Radio app. Now, Mark, I'm, uh, I think some people might think what we're talking about today doesn't apply to them. Yeah, I want everybody, they're crazy. I want everyone to know I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually super excited for this show because I've gone down this path before and learned so much about this topic that uh, – that I that I think, I think some people ask for old people. They're talking about old people stuff. Yeah, it's really shocking. A lot of people think, oh, Social Security. I think there's several myths that Social Security is what it is. You turn on a, turn in a form when you're 59 and a half. You get a check, and that's it. You don't need to think about it in advance. There's no options. And folks, those are very very big misconceptions. And so we brought on an expert today, Randy Lubke. He's been on the show before. He's a uh, licensed certified financial advisor. He's uh, a loan officer. He's a real estate broker. He's a stock broker, a life insurance seller. He's got every credential Matt and I don't have. He's <laughs> he's amazing. I think he's even a licensed chiropractor. I'm just going to throw that out. Uh, no, he's not. But <laughs> but um, uh, he you know he is he is fantastic. And so he's going to come on the show and really talk about why Social Security is something that all of us should be thinking about. Certainly, if you're probably uh, 40 years and older. And I think for anybody, uh, you want to kind of know what to expect. And so I think we've got, you're really in for a treat today and we're going to keep it ripping, right? It's going to be exciting. You know, it doesn't <laughs> have to be boring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think, you know, we're not, I'm sure we'll have some social security jokes thrown in here. There's a lot of them. <laughs> uh, the politicians like to rip it uh, ad nauseum, but, um, and I, you know, I think I even got my benefit statement. I remember a few months back, you know, every year or so you get your benefit statement and I remember keeping it and looking at it and it's like, all right, here's what you're expected. The, you know, if you keep contributing out of this level, here's what you're expected to have upon retirement. And, um, and then there's this note in there about social security not being funded and, it, you know, there's all this freak out stuff about it, but, but folks, keep in mind, social security is going to be around if you're. 40 or 50 and you're thinking it's not going to be there in 10 or 20 years when I get there it's going to be around and how you are planning now for it really affects you know your retirement what it's going to be because you're going to receive a social security benefit and how you're planning now to either make up to supplement that benefit or to maximize it is really important and I think um, it's and it's something that's going to apply to everybody yeah, yeah, good stuff, Matt. Well said, my fine sir. I love it. Now, for those that are regular listeners, and I want to welcome our new listeners. We're garnering new support every week, and I want to tell uh, tell all of you uh, thank you, and promise you that you're going to walk away every week with a little tip 
I know you will. A little tip that can save you big money in a potential lawsuit or save some taxes or just help you be a better investor on your way to the American dream. So every week we start with a little tax and legal tip and then we have a question of the week uh, and you know get your juices flowing. We have some giveaways. So we're, we're really excited about that every week of the little format. So uh, uh, anyway, uh, we're going to start with a tax tip today. A tax tip you can actually understand and won't put you to sleep. A tax tip that could save you thousands. So, I have the honor of a little tax tip today, and this is a unique one. It's not going to affect everybody, but if you're a real estate investor, you're going to get hit up with this strategy, and I want you to have the basics, the 411 on cost segregation. Cost segregation, kind of a weird term, weird topic. But here's what the principle is. Okay, now, now this for any of you that are thinking about even buying real estate, you kind of want to know what's going on here because you might get hit up and it could be a bad decision to pay for this or it could be good. So in a summary, let's say you buy a building and uh, it's a commercial building and you're going to depreciate it over 39 years. That's how you write it off. You divide it creation models, but let's just assume 39 years. Well, what about that carpet? What about the ceiling fans and the curtains and the uh, maybe even the water heater or a furnace? Are they going to last 39 years? They are not. Well, why are you forced to depreciate those over 39 years? Well, what you can do is the IRS allows you to do a cost segregation analysis, divide the building up into little pieces and parts, and then you can write it off faster. Now, if you're a real estate professional and you need the write-offs and the building's over a certain value, this could be a huge tax benefit. But notice how I said if, 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 if. <laughs> so you've got to have certain classifications that just make this the right model for you. Now, there's companies out there that can charge anywhere from $1,000 to $10,000 for cost segregation analysis. And again, it's a cost benefit analysis for you to make. Should I do this? But anyway, that's what's a cost seg. If you hear about it, run the numbers, talk to your CPA, see if it's a good fit, and I don't want you to stress about it and rush into a cost seg thing and it's the get all end all. So be careful with that. Matt, anything you want to add? I mean, cost seg? Well, I, you know, when you mentioned the 411, does anybody call 411 anymore? <laughs> Is that term outdated? That's true. I call 611 when I want to yell at Verizon or AT&T. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I don't call 411. I think everybody just goes to Google now. It's like, where's the nearest library? I mean, is that what you'd call 411 for back in the day? I don't even know. Oh, yeah, that's true. Sorry. Yeah, little – gosh, I'm it's showing my age. All right, fair enough. Touche. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, that's a, that's an important tip, and I, I get hit up with that regularly. It's a cool little strategy if you got some big income and some real estate assets to get some deductions on. Let me um, let me let me give a legal tip. Try and you know keep it on Mark's level here. If I can if I can compete. A legal tip that you can actually use. A legal tip where you don't feel like you have to take a shower after. All right. Well, I'm going to give a legal tip today, and I want to talk about keeping good documents and records. Now, this is from mm. your lawyer's perspective. I know a lot of times you'll hear this from your CPA, or your accountant saying, oh, you got to keep your records three years or six years. And, you know, because if the IRS comes knocking, we want to have a bunch of documents to just hand over to them. OK, let me give you one other reason why you want to keep good documents and records to protect yourself in a lawsuit. 
Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people and a lot of business owners, investors who, you know, you have contracts, you have agreements, um, you know, you have uh, money being transacted and, and history of money being paid and received. I think a lot of people aren't so good at keeping those records. And we've seen with some of our clients who get involved in a lawsuit, their records are just lousy. And what you want to have when you go to court is you want to have something to show people. Okay. Mm -hmm. Judges, juries, lawyers on the other side, they want to see paper. They want to see documents. And a lot of times it's, it's these documents and records that cover your butt and protect you. And uh, so it's something that's really important to hang on to from just, Mark, even just managing your own risk and liability. No, I love it. And every week we've got to get in a good movie quote. So I'm going to quote the infamous Jerry Maguire as he was talking to Cuba Cuba (laughs) Gooding Jr. Uh, Sorry, I butchered that. He would say, help me help you. Help me help you. Now, as your lawyer, we want to help you. But if you don't keep lease agreements and take pictures of your rental and have contracts with your subcontractors and vendors, and you don't keep your mm-hmm. emails and you don't keep all this crap, and then there's a fight, how can we help you? Help mm-hmm. me help you. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Just bringing it full circle, huh? So let me just stick. That's Tom Cruise, right? He's Jerry Maguire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, so, I, I floated between me... a movie character's name and a non-movie character. Fair enough. Okay, okay. All right. So let me let me go another <laughs> Tom Cruise here in a in A Few Good Men, okay, Ooh, another okay. quote to, to really send this message home is, you know, he's he's in that scene in the courtroom, and he's got the, the Marine there, you know, who's like bearing his soul, and he's like, this is what really happened, and, and Tom Cruise says, and he says, don't, don't you care about the truth, and this is what really happened, he says, it doesn't matter what's true or what actually happened, it only matters what I can prove, okay, Ooh, and that's nice. what's important, we got to be able to prove it, we need documents and records, those are things that really help prove your case. Keeping good history of your emails, okay? Keeping files and records. Again, I, I like the three to six year period similar to taxes for, for your legal issues. So um, keep those documents and records. They do come back to help you. It's not just for tax purposes, but also for legal purposes to protect yourself in the event of a lawsuit. We're going to be back here on the Refresh Your Wealth show talking about taxes, legal strategies, and building wealth. Welcome back, everybody, to Refresh Your Wealth, the Tom Cruise show today, quoting a few good men and Jerry Maguire. Now, you know, if you can live according to Tom Cruise as a lawyer, you're going to be doing all right, you know? Yeah, at least the characters he plays, you know? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You may want to skip over the other personal tragedies, Scientology stuff, I guess. Yeah, maybe. I would tell you that everything that guy touches turns to gold. And I am looking forward to the uh, next uh, uh, installment of uh, Jack Reacher coming up this this oh. next summer so it's gonna be good yeah right. a little privacy planning yeah coming out you know i gotta live off the grid like jack reacher all right now um <laughs> uh we're gonna uh go through each week with our question of the week which is an opportunity for you the listener to quickly text in an answer to this minds book personalized and off to you 
So we're excited to uh, talk about a question each week that gets your intellectual juices flowing in the tax and legal arena. So either we're going to do a is it deductible question uh, type story or are we going to do a am I liable type question. And so uh, last week was a legal question. Matt, you want to kind of run us through the question and answer and uh, who won our free book? All right. Yeah. Last week's question was now this was an, it came from an actual client example I had. Um, a client had a rental property and had some standard property insurance on there with a landlord's policy. And also they had an umbrella policy as well that protected them and some, you know, and their assets. So um, what happened in this case was one of the tenants, friends or guests came onto the property. Um, there were some stairs that had a rail on one side and not a rail on the other. They walked up the stairs, slipped and fell, and they ended up getting injured, sued the owner of the property, my client. And the client, of course, first uses their um, uh, insurance policy, their primary insurance policy on the property and says, hey, there was an accident um, or, you know, makes a claim. Insurance company comes back and says, uh, we're not covering that. The code requires that you, as the owner of the property, are supposed to have a railing on both sides if it has this many stairs and is this much. And, you know, and my client's uh, surprised by that and thinks, well, that's crappy. But good thing I had that umbrella policy because I'm just going to make a claim on the umbrella policy. And that was the question. Is the umbrella policy going to provide coverage here and save our client from this liability? Now, Nick wrote in, Mark, with the right answer, and I was right. I was happy for Nick. He kind of he nailed it. He says, no, the umbrella policy would not cover this. The umbrella policy Ooh. would cover any judgments or settlements in excess of the regular policy limits, but only if the regular policy covered the liability. Now, that's a really important point and a big misconception about umbrella insurance. A lot of people don't get that point, which is, Umbrella policies only provide additional coverage to coverage you already have. Umbrella policies don't provide any new coverage, so they're not going to cover anything that the real estate and landlord property policy didn't cover. So in this example, if the, the landlord policy on the property didn't cover it, the umbrella policy is not going to cover it. Ooh, that's sad. That's tough. I know. You know? I know. So I, I, We're I, paying for this insurance? I think umbrella and policy insurance should more be called excess insurance because it provides insurance once you max out something covered on policies you have, but it doesn't pick up any other coverage or provide any coverage for something not covered by your policies. Yeah, and here's the tip. I think I'm just going to throw this out too. We've talked about it before, and that is making sure you're doing an annual review with your insurance agent to understand what is actually covered, where your policy limits lie, what does this umbrella insurance policy do, and ask some tough questions. Bring up this little example we brought up on the show today and have your insurance agent look you in the eye and go, uh, yeah, that's true. Maybe we should you know, close down that umbrella from $5 million and bring it down to $1 or $2 million. You know, I don't know. You know, sometimes we can overpay for that crap. So just a, yeah. you know, little tip. Yeah. And I think, well, um, yeah. And so Nick, thanks for the excellent response. We had some other, we had actually had a lot of interest in this question. We had some swing and misses at it. Um, let's, let's be honest. There was not everybody was getting it right. And that's why we really wanted to present this question is because we know a lot of people have a misconception about that. Yeah, I love it. Great. Matt. Okay, now folks, here's the question for this week, and let me encourage you to be at the ready with your smartphone. You can send a response to Matt, M-A-T, at K-K-O-S Lawyers, or Mark, M-A-R-K, at K-K-O-S Lawyers.com, 
and the first one to reply with the correct answer will win a copy of our book with free shipping and personalization. I will sign Matt's book for you and, yes, increase its value dramatically just for you for getting the question right. Yeah. All right. In fact, now, it, the, if, <laughs> if you can find an unsigned copy of my book out there, those are pretty rare. They're very valuable. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, here's the question for uh, this week. Let's assume you're sitting around the kitchen table as the tax season is upon you. And we are just two months away from our deadline now, month and a half, really, April 15th. We've got uh, February and March, uh, I should say two and a half months, sorry. We've got uh, February and March and a little bit of April here for our, our tax reporting deadline. And let's say you're sitting down to do the taxes and you crunch the numbers and come to find out you owe more than you have the ability to pay. And you're a little nervous. And so you think, hey, I thought I could extend. That'll be great. I'll file an extension and then I can pay when I'm ready to file. Whew, boy, thank heavens for extensions. And many of you are going to go down that path. So I, the question is, uh, can you extend your tax return and also extend the time to pay where you're not going to have any penalties or interest and you can just file an extension and not have to pay? So can you do that or can you not in your tax prep process? That is the question of the week, folks. Please send in your questions right away to Mark or Matt at KKOS Lawyers. There you go. Okay. Well, Matt, why don't you kind of introduce this topic today? Let's get our guest on the line if we can. Let's get everybody excited for this before the break. All right. Well, let me jump into this topic. We're talking amazing Social Security strategies that will shock you at any age. That's the topic. All right. <laughs> We're going to do it. We're going to deliver people. All right. And uh, we have Randy Lubke on with us. He is a financial advisor. As Mark said, he's got more licenses and acronyms after his name than Mark or I combined could ever dream of. So, uh, Randy, are you with us? I am here, gentlemen. How are you today? Oh, better now that you're here, because I don't have I don't have to talk about Social Security now, because it is a complex topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, it, and it's getting more complex by the by the by the day here. Yeah. Well, well, let me yeah. let me let me ask some initial comments here. We only have a, a few minutes right now, and we want to bring you back after the next segment. We we'll really get into the details, but um, we have a, just a minute here. What is the first thing when you're talking to someone about Social Security you want them to be aware of and know? Oh, that's a really good question, Matt. Um, I guess you know the one thing that uh, that everyone should know is Social Security is an insurance benefit. And um, by that, I mean, it's not like your 401k IRA, where if you die, there's uh, potentially money left over to go to your estate. With Social Security benefits, when you die, uh, benefit might be able to be passed down to the spouse, certainly. Um, however, once both uh, the spouses are, are deceased, those benefits stop, and all the income stops and, along with it. I like it, Randy. That's a great thing to get our juices flowing. And folks, please be with us here and uh, don't leave. We're going to be right back as we bring Randy Lubke back and talk about Social Security benefits. You're going to love it. Stay tight.
Welcome back, everyone, to the Refresh Your Wealth Show with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen. Thanks for staying tight with us during that break, as, as Mark Kohler oh, requested that you, that you stay tight. You know, when when uh, when Mark gets dropped off at the airport, they'll say, "Hey, have a nice flight," and Mark will say, "Hey, you do." <laughs> or or okay. when the, the waitress brings him his food, they say, "Hey, enjoy your meal." They'll say, "Yeah, thanks, you too." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. I have the hardest time taking us out onto breaks on the show, folks. This is difficult. This you need a you need a college degree on how to do a radio show. So instead I meant to say everybody, hang tight. We'll be right back. Apparently I said stay tight. So hopefully all yeah, of you, yeah. you know, flex your muscles and good. Yeah. Take luck, everyone. No, sorry. I'm just stealing yeah, some that. Brian Regan jokes if you didn't know here. Just you know, I want to get some credit out. So all right, well yeah. let, let's jump back to social security, Mark. Sorry. I digress. Yeah, there. no, I like it. Hey, now, you know, one thing that, Randy, you just said was it's an insurance benefit. The one thing that I thought you were going to say, and I, I've learned from you, is that uh, the biggest thing I want people to take away from Social Security is that you have options. And I didn't know that either. So uh, do, do you feel that way too, Randy? I mean, that people just don't realize how many options they have when they go to claim Social Security. Well, yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know, if you think about it, you're eligible to start claiming Social Security benefits at age 62, and every month from 62 to 70, you would have potentially a different claiming strategy that you could implement, and you could do that for both husbands and wife or spouses. Wow. So now on that note, um, I know that there's uh, some important deadlines right now that are literally going to disappear in just a few weeks and they'll never be back. Yeah, that's right. Uh, at the at the very end of the year, last year in 2015, Congress was able to pass a law uh, called the uh, Section 831 of the Bipartisan Budget Act of 2015. How's that for a big, long one? <laughs> Whoa. And, uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, and there was a lot of things in there, but but a couple things that were very important relative to Social Security uh, are going to uh, affect us if we don't make choices and decisions about our claiming strategies before April 29th of 2016. That's what you're referring to, right, Mark? Yes, sir. Yeah. So what are my options? Like, give me an example. Now, I, you know what? Let's let's go baby steps here for a minute. Let me ask this. The one thing that I that sure. shocked me when I started talking to you about this was, Mark. If you want to just start claiming Social Security when you're 62, great. You can go to a website, plug in your age, your social, blah, 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 and they'll tell you what your benefit's probably going to be. But if you don't rush to the counter and ask for your Social Security, your benefit could actually increase dramatically. Would you give us an example of that, please? Yeah. So, in fact, I was just working with a client yesterday afternoon on that exact same topic. Um, it turns out that their benefit at age 62 would have, would have been about $1,700 a month, which is significant. But by waiting until uh, age 70 to claim the benefit, it's going to be closer to $4,000 a month. And again, because wow. this particular client was married, yeah, double, double the income. And because it's married, that's the benefit that would pass along to his wife who in general, you know, women outlive men, and that would be her benefit for the rest of her life as well. Wow. So a fourth, four thousand by waiting until um, age seventy. I mean, what is the max out that you'll see that someone will have as the like highest benefit you'll see on a monthly monthly benefit amount, even by delaying as long as you can? 
Yeah, so what happens is, you're, depending on your full retirement age, and the full retirement age is determined by when you were born. So let's just take 67 as a full retirement age, or 66, it'd be easier to 66. Every year after 66, you wait for your retirement benefit uh, to be received or sent from the Social Security office. They're going to increase that benefit by 8%. And then along with that, you're also going to get cost of living adjustments. So typically, the, um, the benefit you would receive at age 62 would be almost half of what you would receive if you waited till age 70. Well, you know, I think there's a, a bigger story here, too, is that, of course, people are living longer. People are working longer. Yes, they are. And I think we need to start keeping in our mentality that, hey, I may not retire right at 62, and it may be in my best interest to double my retirement benefit at Social Security uh, by continuing to work and invest in real estate and take my time and not just rush to the the Social Security window and and ask for my benefit. you're probably dealing with that a lot with the baby boober generation, uh, Randy, that's facing this decision almost daily. Yeah, really, it's like a break-even analysis, right? If I take the money at 62, I could have that money for you know, four, five, six, maybe up, up to eight years. If I delayed receiving that for eight years, how many more years would I have to receive the higher benefit before I'd break even? And, um, uh, and, and that's a calculation that, that we can make. Uh, but it's 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 still relatively complicated. It's not as straightforward as it sounds. Now, Randy, let me ask you a question about the spousal benefit. This is something I think a lot of our clients who are business owners think about, and they think, hey, I, I have a business that I own, and I work in that business, as an example, and maybe I need to add my spouse here and start paying them some salary so that I can uh, get some Social Security benefit for them. And um, I've, I've really learned, as, really from you actually, on this social security topic, that that is not really a good strategy. Can, can you maybe explain the, how the spousal benefit works for a married couple um, and uh, you know, whether it matters to have two people working in the family or if, or if one is going to be enough to get the spousal benefit on social security? Yeah, that's a great question, Matt. So, so basically, when people think of social security benefits, they think of one type of benefit. But in this category alone, we're really talking about four separate benefits. We're talking about the benefit that a spouse would earn and pay into Social Security on their own. Then there's what's called the spousal benefit that you're referencing, which is a benefit that's based on what the spouse earns. And then there's also uh, potentially a divorce benefit and a survivor benefit. And each one of those uh, would be calculated differently uh, based on uh, contributions. That That's what we're talking about it when we say it's very complex and nuanced. Well, and I, I just want to reiterate and kind of cut to the chase, if I will. Whenever, I, whenever I've asked you, uh, Randy, about this for a client, nine times out of ten, the spousal benefit is greater than the personal benefit of just going on the S-Corp payroll. Uh, that's, prob- that's, that's the majority result, is it not? Yeah, that, and the, thank you for bringing that up. That and that's the point. So especially if you have a husband and wife couple that um, are are working for the same business, if that um, um, spouse potentially, you know, it, it, it depends on how they divide up their wages, but potentially one of them took a greater wage, one of them took a smaller wage, and so let's just uh, you know let's say that the, it's the husband that uh, took the greater wage and made the greater contributions to Social Security. The spousal benefits 50% of that great, uh, greater wage earner's benefit, and that flips both ways. Could be you know whether that's a female or the male, it doesn't matter. Either spouse, whichever one is greater, 
50% of their benefit would be the spousal benefit of the other spouse. And, and so the idea of contributing to your own benefit when you already have earned an, a spousal benefit, it's like a waste of money. Yeah, no, this is really cool. I'm going to cut. I just want to give this tip right now. So everybody, if you're just kind of passively listening for some of you that may be doing that, focus in on this point for a minute. Here's the strategy in a big way. Husband, wife, uh, either one could be the primary wage earner in that small business. That's fine. Put one spouse on is the larger W-2 required by the IRS. Put the, the spouse on just enough payroll to max out the 401k. And then with Social Security, that spouse that's just maxing out the 401k and taking the smaller payroll can claim the delay their Social Security as well as take a spousal benefit. Boom. Big result. I, I don't know. I just kind of got big excited re- about big that. Big result and without having to pay in additional money to the Social Security fund because, again, the spousal benefit is based on what the other spouses earn and pay, paid into the system. And, and if the mm. if the spouse that earned less paid in less, they're going to have a lower benefit. They just wasted their money. Yeah, yeah and I, I love that strategy. That was – I think a lot of people logically think of that differently and think, oh, I got to get the spouse on payroll so that – we get social security benefit out of them too and um it's a it's a big misconception one that i even got wrong myself as i started thinking about this um all right now we've talked about the delay strategy a little bit you mentioned that you know and you give the example of the client that by waiting until after 70 was able to delay we've talked about the spousal benefit what's maybe one of their big topics in uh, social security planning that people need to know about to make a strategic choice well, I think the biggest topic is this, this change in Section 831 in the Bipartisan Budget Act of 2015. Uh, because what, what the purpose of the changes in the act was, was I guess, multifold. One, they called it plug loopholes, making file and suspend and, and uh, restricted applications. But the primary reason they did this was, of course, to extend mm-hmm. the length of time that these benefits would be available to all. Now of we're us. gonna. Sorry, Randy. I don't mean to cut you off. We're gonna have to take a break here. We'll be back on the Refresh Your Wealth Show with Randy Lepke. Welcome back, everybody, to Refresh Your Wealth. Excited to have you here with us. We're talking with Randy Lubke, a certified financial advisor as well as a social security planning expert. We'll, of course, give his contact information out here shortly so that those of you that need to do some planning in this area can reach out to him if needs be. Uh, Randy, we were just earlier on, we've gone through a variety of um, issues and examples, but real quick, can you summarize, now that we've built a little more of a framework, can you get us back to that major election that's going away in just a couple months? What is it that people need to know? Can you summarize it? I know it's complex. It, it's hard for me even to get my head around. It, it is complex, and I actually have a little white paper that we can offer everybody um, that will give more details of it. But here's, here's the summary. Um, two of the claiming strategies that were very uh, useful for us was one's called file and suspend, and the other's called a restricted application. 
Uh, file of suspend is what we've been talking about in general over the past few minutes here, where basically I file my benefits and, uh, and, and I'd suspend them so that they could collect and earn these delayed credits. Why would I want to do that? Well, because once I file for benefits, it makes my spouse eligible to claim their benefits. So the idea was I'd file my benefits. Let's say the couple I was working with last night, they were uh, 68 years old, uh, one, uh, the husband, um, filed and, and at 68. That would allow his spouse to immediately start collecting benefits while his benefits would continue to grow at 8% a year. And, and, and then um, the wife would simultaneously file for uh, the spousal benefit and allow her benefits to grow and earn these delayed credits as well. At age 70, the, the husband would then start receiving his benefits, and the wife would switch to her own benefits, which, guess what, grew at 8% a year. Now, I know it's a little hard to follow there, and this is the nuances of Social Security, but um, those are the strategies that have been limited. And based on the conversation last night, had we not got – if, had we not gotten our client to be uh, filing and suspending those benefits before April 29th, they would have lost all that income on the spousal benefit for the next two years waiting for his wife to turn 70. Well, I love it. This is I, – I, that's a – and I'm going to say this too. I know it's complex again for some of you that might be trying to uh, get a handle on this. The one thing I like about Randy – I'm just going to – I'm not trying to – create an infomercial here, but I've uh, many times called Randy and said, hey, can you explain this to me? And what Randy does is a cool little screen recording. He walks you through it, boom, 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 and you're like, oh, that makes so much more sense. And I know you've got many of those pre-recorded. They're a nice little tailored email sometimes to that person's situation too. So I'm going to recommend it right now, and I, we're getting close to the end of the show too. I want to say this. Folks, if you are anywhere near age 62 and you are wondering what your social security benefit will be what are you doing for retirement what are your plans give randy a call take a half hour an hour with him i know it's going to be in your best interest he's very affordable i think many of you will find him to give you wonderful advice and he can send you an email or a little white paper or a screenshot that'll explain a lot of this so uh dive into it don't go into Social Security, Social Security blindly, and if you need to make this election as a spousal benefit type issue in the next two months, don't miss out because this law is going away. It is literally going away. It's not, oh, I'll do it next year. No, it's gone. So uh, uh, be, be on top of that. Yeah, and I wanted to just throw out there's a lot of other you know just interesting nuances to Social Security. I mean I even ran across for clients. I had a client who'd, whose um, divorced spouse was deceased. Um, had passed away in an accident, and the divorced spouse was able to still get that person's, the deceased person's Social Security benefit. Um, so there's all these different types of benefits that, you know, we may not think about coming from Social Security. So um, think about those and and uh, find an expert. Now, Randy, I want to just say um, one other thing is uh, people can go into Social Security right now and create a profile login to track the benefits and see how they're tracking right now and see what their benefit amounts are going to be, can't they? They, they can and they should uh, go to the socialsecurity.gov website and create a My Social Security re account because you want to make sure, of course, that contributions you've made are being uh, recognized. Uh, that's one thing. But you're also uh, able to go online and make some simple um, calculations of what your retirement benefits might be. 
Um, but those simple calculations are based on real numbers, real contributions that you made um, over the course of your lifetime uh, with contributions to your Social Security account. I love it. Hey, Randy, give people your uh, contact info for us real quick. Okay. So um, there's two ways to reach me. One would be send an email to me at Randy, R-A-N-D-Y, at lifetimeparadigm.com, um, L-I-F-E. T-I-M-E, and for those that can't spell it, P-A-R-A-D-I-G is in George, M as in Mary, dot com, Randy at LifetimeParadigm.com, or you can just go to my website, LifetimeParadigm.com. There's a little uh, link there that'll pop up, and you can schedule a, a, a free consult with me. I love it. And folks, if you need to uh, uh, get in touch uh, uh, with him as well and you can't reach him, email us. All right. Well, thanks, Randy. I'm going to just jump over here and give our five-star review. As you guys know, we love to get five-star reviews on iTunes. We had one come in from Andy Franz. So five-star reviews say, said, started listening a couple weeks ago. Listen every day when I'm in the car. Such relatable and interesting tax and legal strategies I never thought of. Um, thanks so much for that five-star review to Andy Franz. And email Mark or I, and we will give you a signed copy of either one of our books. Um, we want to encourage everyone to get on iTunes, give us a five-star review. We're really trying to build a following there, and giving five-star reviews really helps get the word out about the show and helps us be more visible to other people seeking out this great, refreshing information we're trying to share. <laughs> yeah, and another shout-out to Randy Lubke. Uh, we'll have a link to his uh, website on our newsletter next week. If you're just finding us on iTunes, please get to Refresh Your Wealth and sign up for our weekly free newsletter uh, with power packed with deadlines and important information, uh, little videos, the whole nine yards, uh, free every week. Randy, thanks for being on. Uh, Matt, another amazing show. And folks, please continue to tune in to Refresh Your Wealth, uh, Refresh Your Wealth every week with tax and legal tips that will better help you live the American dream. We hope that we can be a part of your life for many years to come. So uh, keep living the dream. Don't give up. And uh, enjoy the Super Bowl, may I add. So uh, have a, a great Super Bowl party in the next week or so. Thanks, everyone. Go Broncos. Thanks for listening to another hour of refreshing strategies to better live your American dream. Don't forget to get your free copy of Mark and Matt's ebooks and sign up for their weekly free newsletter with important tax deadlines and articles at refreshyourwealth.com.